0: Side. We are
1: rolling and we'll do an intro clap together.
0: Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Sick. We're doing it. Well, sup, Liv. Sup, Flam? my friend. What's up? We Jordan? are here. We are on episode, I don't even know. What episode are we on? Like, fucking 12? Like, four? This is going to be episode, like, three, I think. Six or seven. Well,.
1: Wow. Yeah, we've been at episodes. it. We've been doing this.
0: It's coming together. I'm really happy about it. And I'm, uh,
1: happy. I'm happy for you.
0: Yeah, this is XXY. This is a new thing that I'm f- trying to feel out because I've been struggling to find my own sense of purpose, my own identity as it pertains to music and beyond. And so many kids that I meet through the internet and on tour um, have questions about finding their own sense of purpose, figuring out what they want to do with their lives, um but they constantly glorify and put on a pedestal um other creative people, musicians, people doing divergent work and in me getting to tour and hang out with people I realized that nobody has any answers. We're all just figuring it out. And I was hoping that by having these conversations we could make it a little bit easier for um for some kids that are fans yeah. uh, of us or or totally. whatever to just you know take that first step, which I think is the scariest step to take. And I was really looking forward to – you were one of the first people I thought of when I started doing this because um, I feel like you have a certain commitment to um, telling your story and um, and being super transparent
1: mm-hmm. with how
0: you use social media, um, exploring your identity, exploring who you want to present yourself as exploring sexuality, exploring family Mm. in this interesting way, in this very compelling way. And we first met on tour, and you've put out music with millions and millions of listens or whatever the fuck you want to call it, which is pretty (laughs) cool, pretty impressive, and uh, femme. Yeah. Welcome.
1: Thank you, Jordan.
0: How are you?
1: I'm actually really good right now. That's great. Yeah. I feel great. And I I like being here with you. You're a good energy
0: be around. You always say that.
1: And that's important, I think. That's the number one rule of finding yourself hmm. It's being
0: around people who help facilitate that. Fuck. But what if you can't find them?
1: Then you got to get your energy right and align yourself and they will come to you.
0: Mm. Do you think that that's true?
1: A hundred million percent. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: You are also one of the first people that I've <clears throat> met here in L.A. that is from L.A.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's always interesting to me. I feel like this city... It would just warp my fragile brain in so many different ways, especially as it relates to music and entertainment because it's all like right in front of you but at such a distance. So if you'd be okay with it, can you go through a little bit of like, I don't know, how how you first found yourself compelled to make stuff, Yeah, where that came from, did did it get passed down through your family, where and how did you Mm -hmm. come into making music?
1: Um, So my dad's a, a drummer my mom's a classical piano player and um so music was just like always in the house it wasn't something that was like an anomaly or far away from me it was just like always present um which is different from some of my friends who grew up being the only person and having to like beg their parents for piano or lessons or whatever so i actually started playing piano when i was really young like four or five. And then um, I ended up switching over to the drums, did a lot of jazz drums. And um, from there, you know, played drums for a while in different bands and different projects and then decided that um, it wasn't enough. I really wanted to like write music and melody, but I've always just been creative. um, More that than anything else. I don't know.
0: Did you uh, ever, did you have a specific moment where you felt like okay, now is when I'm going to do this, now is the time for me to get it, or was it kind of just a natural, fluid thing?
1: Um, writing was difficult for me at first because I don't think I knew like what I wanted to talk about, but there's one particular song that I feel like broke the seal, and that was a song called Blinders, mm-hmm. and that song is definitely, like, something that I never thought people would listen to, but it was more like a writing exercise for me.
0: How old were you when that came out?
1: Um That was like a couple of years ago, not that long ago. Hmm.
0: So, What a trip. Yeah. yeah, it's like kind of confusing because on one hand I'm always like, oh, I'm, I can't wait to have these interesting conversations about finding purpose. And then so many people that I talk to, it's just always been around. Yeah, they just kind of flew, fell into it like, I was hanging with Weethan, and we Mm. were having one of these conversations. Weethan's like 20. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, four years ago when I was 16, I picked up a keyboard, blah, blah, blah. And it's like kind of hard to um, express that. But at what point did it start feeling like you actually had something to lose in pursuing it?
1: Um, I think going into music, you know that you're going to lose a lot. And mostly what you're going to lose as a songwriter is the ability to hide parts of yourself, and that's scary. But I think it's important to do that because I think that the real artists that succeed in this at the moment are the people who are honest. Mm. So if you take on the role of being an artist in a way that's genuine and in a way that you want to connect with other people, you have to kind of, like, be the one to, like— Almost be like a guinea pig, like put yourself like out there and just be like, okay, this is so scary, but I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do. And I want to make real art. Mm -hmm. So if I I felt like personally, if I wasn't doing that, then there's no point.
0: Yeah, there's a million
1: people who are pop stars that can, you know, get songs sent to them all day. But it's like if there's no deeper meaning or purpose to it, I just don't care.
0: Yeah, I had like a huge identity crisis because I was making music for years that nobody gave a fuck about and then I was like, fuck, like, not only is this, like, all I wanted was the opportunity to talk to kids, yeah. to go on tour, to, like, make shit happen, to not have a regular job that right. I couldn't keep anyways. <laughs> but I, my way of getting there was thinking I had to just be this broadly accessible, um, malleable thing. Mm. And so I was willing to take on... Any identity I was doing songs that were like r and b and like right. rap and like right, all these right, things that right. were just so far from like right. who I really was at that time um,
1: wait question were they far from who you were, just sonically or lyrically too both okay
0: both no, I would say sonically, like I love hip hop, I always okay. have, and i I genuinely am a fan of a lot of different music, and I think that can be really confusing for for kids that are coming up now because we didn 't we came up and there there are no genres i 've listened
1: to. Right. all
0: kinds of music so it was right. really difficult for me to latch on to a thing that I am or a thing that I do Right, um, and some people are, don't think that you have to my attitude for it like for instance this song that we're putting out together yeah. the song that just came out together I guess when this drops yeah. first off I love it um, but it's very far from what both of us do mm-hmm. if I had come out when I first started making music with like this and mm-hmm. heavy shit mm-hmm. and EDM shit like I think that that would have really been – I could have just gotten lost in the sauce. But you have to kind of be something that people can wrap their heads around and then expand from there, I really do think. Um,
1: I agree. And I think that the place that you need to come from, personally for me, is just you. That's, yeah. I think the genre thing is just bullshit at this point. And like, I think trying to fit in that box just – is difficult for people like maybe you and I who have a lot of influences, you know. It's like I'm love hip hop, I love rock, I love jazz like and I think the thing the thread that connects them all is you and your personality through mm-hmm. the song. Yeah. So, yeah. If that's the case. Well, the
0: irony I found was when I said, you know what? I have to be honest because you can do everything right and still fail. Mm-hmm. I can make all the right decisions behind the scenes and find the biggest manager that'll fuck with me and find like a label that's like a major or whatever and get signed and like i just figured if i just fall in line then eventually i'll get to tour and then i can be myself like my Mm. plan was like if i get far enough along then i can just do whatever i want that's but i felt that i needed the freedom that somebody else was going to give me for me to then feel like okay now i can do my shit and i finally worked with a a manager who changed my life and he just asked the simple question of like what do you want to do? Like, what would you do if you were, if there were no rules? And then he helped me understand that there aren't any. I love that. And that can be so intimidating, you know. But I think it's also empowering. I think it's motivating. And, and honestly, I do think if you aren't willing to excavate those parts of yourself and do this open heart surgery, mm-hmm. like in mm-hmm. front of the world, then, then this just ain't your shit.
1: Oh um, yeah, it's but, br- it's brutal.
0: Yeah. Can you talk about some times where it's felt particularly brutal?
1: Um, like every day in my life, <laughs> <laughs> but it's brutal in a way that's like, well, what else are we gonna do? Just sit around and like twiddle our thumbs and like do the same thing every day? Like it's it, it's a it's a growing it's it it's promotes the thing growth. That,
0: yes, actually, like most people. most
1: people do that. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I'd rather kill myself than do that. Hmm. For real. So for me, if I don't have this thing pushing me forward and growing, then like there's no point. I'll just see you guys later. And it, <laughs> is this
0: like public just this exploration of your thoughts and feelings?
1: I mean, I've done so much work on myself and like like even right now like during the last like two months, it's been like crazy excavation but I think every time that you work on yourself you think like oh I got it I figured it out and then all this other stuff comes up and you're like whoa I don't know anything yeah but you're closer and for me the art is so important that I want to do the work so the art is just better and better and better mm
0: mm-hmm. How much when you're finding your sense of identity or your sense of purpose, how much are you thinking about the people that are on the other side of it that are like consuming it or that are resonating with what you're talking about? Are they involved in the process at all or is it really just you trying to understand your own feelings and then you kind of turn around and there are all these people there?
1: I've noticed that the more that I just do me, the better the outcome is and the response from like my fans and – and people around me. So I'm like, okay. Like, you know what what you were talking about before, trying to please a certain audience or a label or whatever? I noticed that whenever I try to do that, it backlashes and nothing, like, connects. Mm-hmm. Whereas every time that I'm just, like, honest and open and truly committed to being myself, I get the best response. Yeah. So. It's
0: so fucking annoying how it's, like, constantly shifting and changing. Like, Do sometimes you think I'll it is, re- Well, yeah. There are times where I really think that, like this is an opportunity or this makes sense that this will work. Mm. And then I'm constantly reminded, like, fuck, I have to continuously reprogram and refocus, reorient my destination towards, like, my sense of integrity and towards, like, who I am and how I feel in this very moment. Anytime that I kind of get abstracted from that, like, I just kind of feel like I fall on my face.
1: Do you have an example?
0: Yeah, like... I feel like um and that no fault of anybody else like I felt like I kind of came onto the scene with Bloodwater yeah. which was such a um like just a different song yeah. than anything else I think that was out at the time and um I genuinely really loved build-ups and drops and EDM and shit. That was, I was hugely influenced by that when I was in college. I was taking a lot of MDMA and like going to these <laughs> raves and going to these shows and being like, wow, this is fucking Sick. amazing. Yeah. Um, which is something I really try not to do as much anymore because it wasn't good for me. But um, mm. I, was, I was just trying to experiment. Um, and we brought in a guy I had never worked with, Krupa, um, who did some production on that song. Anyways, that song came out without... A, a, a recognizable chorus it didn't mm. fit into like rock music mm-hmm. um and it was disruptive and it was evocative and people were decided like having these conversations of like where does alternative is this alternative rock is that what is this and mm. um i think i got it in my head like wow if we can accomplish all this and then i'm playing the late night tv show and it gets 100 million streams and Crazy. my life has changed forever. And I'm just like, wow, if this is what I could accomplish with this song that is so different from mm-hmm. what everyone else is up to, imagine what I could do with a song with a big-ass chorus and make a big rock song. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that like Apologize or, or Rock Bottom or any of these songs that I put out in 2019, I'm not necessarily saying that they were um, like a lab experiment. They They really were honest like i wrote them it's right. not like i had max martin or dr luke fucking wrote right i wrote right, them right. so they are obviously parts of myself but those songs ended up not being as big or impactful as blood water and that taught me a lot like number one it reminded me back to where i was in 2015 where it was like you can do everything right and still fail if my only metric of success is making a song bigger than bloodwater then those songs were a failure and that was really difficult for me um to make peace with and let go of at the end of last year and 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 the other thing is that there're still kids with like the lyrics to some of those songs tattooed on them right, and those right. songs still mattered to kids but it was just really hard to like let go of that in some ways um
1: Yeah, It's funny because I I know a few people like artist friends who their first moment was their biggest and they're always not necessarily saying that but it's such a high right away. You go from zero to like a million Mm -hmm. and that I think fucks people up a little bit Mm -hmm. because you're constantly trying to chase something. That I did
0: when I was 23.
1: But the, the truth is there's so many other elements besides the song. Yeah. You can't even base it just on, like, the writing or the structure of a song.
0: Right. And yeah. all the more reason to find your sense of identity because that can be taken away from you. Right. Like, if I predicate being successful or deriving meaning from shit going really, really well yeah. in this external world... Right. ...then all of a sudden one day I put a song out and, like, people don't care as much. And so what do you do with that and how do you... um put your identity back together. It's like I I was putting together this house of cards and then it falls down and Mm -hmm. I got to like start from scratch. Mm So all the more, um, that's why I think that this started and I think that's why a lot of like – my work in trying to advocate for um, people without a voice, trying to get people registered to vote, like yeah. trying to focus on things that really do give me a sense of purpose right. that pe- that can't just be overnight taken from me. If all of a sudden I post a picture on Instagram and it doesn't get as many likes, and I feel like oh no, I get this many likes on Instagram, and all of a sudden I, I don't. I know. Which is just, it's embarrassing to admit. Like, no, I, don't I get feel it. I get it. Like that insecure, and like I don't want to need social media to give me that to prop up my sense of self, but, like, we fucking all do. Oh, yeah. Um And the shit is just fucked up. Like,
1: Everybody does. Yeah. Even the people that act like they don't. Of course. Everyone does. Of course. Does.
0: So, I think we have to take a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about a bunch of other shit. So, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. We're back. Oh. It's been a while.
1: Um, I was going to say something, too, when you were like, how do... How do you not let um, these other elements around you affect you? And I think what I remind myself daily is on my deathbed will I regret my choices Hmm. and would I rather die knowing that I did whatever the fuck I wanted and felt right rather than what someone else would have expected from me.
0: Do you say that – would you say that you have many regrets?
1: The only regrets that I have is not believing in myself enough and being too fearful to put out Hmm. something that uh, I
0: totally understand that's
1: that. all that's the only regret i'm like why did i take so long to be myself and like not give a fuck
0: i have certain moments like uh backstage at a festival recently there was an artist that i had really wanted to like connect with and i was fucking scared they were like around all these people and for me to walk up and be like yeah. hey like i don't know if you fuck with me but i just right. want to say hi like and I felt these, like, butterflies in my stomach, and I'm giving myself all these excuses not to do it. Um, and it reminded me of when I went skydiving. I went skydiving in December and just jumped out of a fucking airplane. So cool. And uh, I did it on a whim. My friend Amar, who, like, loves the shit swears by it, he convinced me to come. And a lot of people that go skydiving, like, a lot of their business is, like, kids having their 18th birthday or whatever, mm-hmm. who have seen it on YouTube or whatever. Right. Wanna do it. So anyways... Um, after I land Omar goes back up to do it again and I'm just chilling and uh, this kid these 18 year old kids um, they went with their parents and the mom spontaneously decided to go with them and I see them walking back after having landed successfully and the mom just has tears like she's just fucking open weeping And her friend was there. So it was the kids and the parents and the the mom's friend was there too who didn't jump. Wow. And the mom comes up, tears from me. She was like, it was so cool. You could tell she was just so proud of herself for doing it. And then the friend – you could, she was just wearing this like insecurity. Of, she's the friend is making excuses of why she didn't. I'll do it next time. This uh, and I was just like, fuck. I would just always want to be that person. So primal, and not that person. like, it,
1: like it's like in its most primal form of just like fear and no fear. Yeah. And the difference that it makes on your self confidence.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like I, I much more regret the things I didn't do than the things I did. Um, one thing that I was curious about. Um, As it pertains to like finding your identity and expressing yourself, like I keep sexuality far from like my public thing. I think I've alluded to it a couple times in a song like Fallen, but for the most part, I keep out of that. I'm in a really like, I'm in like a good relationship right now, which is fucking (laughs) sick, but I've spent time, I've always felt like that is something I wanna keep outside of music, and I've always done this more like, I don't know, socio-political commentary, mental health thing, but kept certain parts of me and what I'm going through mm-hmm. private and uh you definitely don't in certain ways. If if
1: I do. I do. Yeah. I actually keep a lot private. But you'd never know it. Yeah. Because the things that I keep private, probably no one would give a fuck about.
0: Hmm. So Maybe. I'm curious if but that, they're, like do, are you ever like do you receive backlash for that when you have songs like some of your biggest songs are about sex and uh, fucking and, like... No,
1: I don't think so. I've never received backlash except from, like, my mom and, like, maybe family members or, like, random people on YouTube calling me, like, a slut.
0: Yeah, that was what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Hope this didn't come off as, like...
1: No, no, not at all. I, I like...
0: I- but I'm curious, like, how... So when you get that... Because I think a lot of people that I talk to, like... I don't know a lot of people aren't willing to rock the boat like that like I don't know if I could really handle it. like I'm I feel really lucky that like my family does support what I do Yeah. and I think in some ways maybe that is part of why I made make what I make about other people and yeah. advocating for progressive values like right I don't know if I was born in Trump land and was espousing like talking about the shit that I talk about it would be way harder for me to talk about it yeah. and I think that um I think it takes a lot of bravery. So, like, when you feel that backlash, when you do have some internet troll or somebody very close to you in mm-hmm. your life making you f- yeah. question how you portray yourself, like, how do you I mean, it sucks. that and keep doing it?
1: It's, it? it's been a thing that I've worked on for a long time, but it's the deathbed thing. Like, I always just go back to that. Also, our parents are going to die, and we're going to keep living, so once they die what you're going to be left with who you are in the shape of what they wanted you to be that mm. doesn't seem fair mm-hmm. slash also our parents did whatever the fuck they wanted for the most part you know mm-hmm. i don't know i just always think about that um i don't want to be a reflection of what i think i should be for like the one or two people like my mom or dad or aunt or whoever instead i'd rather be the person that can be you know relatable to millions of other people mm. it just seems silly to sculpt your life based on like that yeah.
0: but it's hard not to and it's hard to look at the world as bigger than the environment you grew up
1: no in. it's so hard and that's what I think uh, makes you a deeper me- more meaningful person is if you can work through that and it's really hard not to give a fuck when your mom's like in tears being like why are you doing this you know, like, yeah. why are you talking about this? And embarrassed or Why ashamed. are you talking about this? Because fuck that shit. Like, don't make me feel bad about, like, who I am. Mm-hmm. But I will say it took me a long time to come out publicly and talk about that stuff. And that was part of that song, Blinders. And then I realized that that was the thing that was doing the best. So I'm like, okay, at least the rest of, like, my fans or whatever, the friends that I have... Um, who have connected with me on this music shit get me. So if, like, the one or two people close to me don't, I will love them and forgive them and meet them where they're at, but I can't live my life based on. But that's hard to do, Mm -hmm. you know?
0: Yeah, I think that um, for a while I was telling people, if you just express yourself and you're honest and you make music or whatever it is, like, you will be successful. You You will accomplish something. But I think that my attitude towards purpose has shifted where it's like whether or not your shit blows up on Spotify or SoundCloud or whatever, what's more important is that you'll find your people that are that believe in you, that fuck with you yeah, totally Um, Thank you, thank you for that Ashley but yeah, it's like you explaining that you're in being your truest self and in pursuing your sense of expression, your sense of identity Mm -hmm. maybe there are certain people you've ostracized yourself from but yeah. there are also all these new people that you never could have expected that yeah. have connected with you and that you've made friends out of and, and lifelong relationships out of. So
1: yes. I think that that's
0: like kind of and inspiring. I, and
1: to be honest with you, it's like a Band-Aid. Once you rip it off, it's not that bad. And you're normally, like most people that I've talked to, their parents and people come around. And then it's everything's beautiful and you guys like understand each other better. Sometimes you have to push those people too. Mm. You know, it's almost like that's their lesson to learn, and you are part of that lesson. Mm.
0: Well said. <laughs> oh, I'm going to headbutt the microphone. <laughs> I feel you. No, that's so true. Like, if sometimes you really have to challenge like unconditional love. Mm-hmm. I guess, like, how unconditional? Like, let's talk about these conditions because yeah. they are shifting. Yeah. Um, I want to talk briefly about being like a woman in music. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that a lot of the time people want to pit women against one another in music. Um, I, I I feel like there's definitely barriers to entry, being an artist, and also all these other roles. I know mm. that you have women on your team. Yeah, your your label executive, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I want to talk about: Do you find that competitiveness in being a woman? Do you feel that there are barriers to entry? What's it like? Because I know there are going to be women who want to be in music that are watching.
1: I think it's easier now than it ever was before. I remember when I was a drummer, I got a lot more heat for playing drums as a female. Um, I think as a writer and an artist, you just have to make sure that your stuff's really good and don't ride off of like a pretty face or a nice body because I feel like, like, not going to lie, a lot of women do that and it makes me feel like I can't relate to them. So I think as a female artist, it's important for you to make really good music and compare yourself, like, if you're going to compare yourself against the world, not just, like, other female artists. Like, mm. I want to be as good as the best male artist that I know. You know, mm. it's not, not making it, like, a gender thing. Um, but I think it's actually a good time to be a woman in music.
0: Yeah. Have you had, uh, like, women or not, have you had particular mentors that have helped you get where you're going and what did they
1: Um, I'm finding them now I feel like Jen DeSilvio she's a producer and she's working with me on a bunch of stuff I've really connected with her Um, Jacqueline Saturn she runs my label she's boss bitch and she's awesome Um, also Kiana my product manager there's a lot of women around me that just like get the job done and uh, I can go to them for advice and we just get each other you know
0: this might be a weird question on this spot, but is mm. there any particular advice that you've gotten from them that, like,
1: is, mm. is, is
0: valuable for some kid that doesn't have those kinds of mentors yet?
1: Um, like for like a female, just in general. Honestly, I would just I would just use your femininity in the best way that you can, and and in the way that makes you feel comfortable. Mm. I don't know. It's hard for me to say. I don't look at like female and male. I kind of just look at everyone the same for the most part. As you should. Yeah. Respect.
0: Yeah. Let's take another quick break, and then we're gonna come back. We're gonna answer some questions the kids have, uh, and we'll keep it moving. Thank you so much for doing this.
1: Of course, thank you. (laughs) How are we feeling? Great.
0: Okay, let's do. Oh,
1: we're fucking. F- wow. It doesn't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's great. Am, okay. <laughs> am I. Am, is,
0: is, Are you doing good?
1: I'm just like, am I giving the answers yeah, that you course. think
0: people would. I mean, the female no. thing's
1: always hard, man.
0: I'm I just can't like, imagine.
1: Fuck you know, that. Really okay. Yeah. I it, okay. I think okay. I'm fucking murdering. You. All right. All right. You. You're smart. Thanks, Travis. Oh, I mean, no Jordan. <laughs> Them. Sorry, I just did like All the thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we're back. Anyways, um, let's answer some questions from the kiddos. Okay. Let's see.
1: I like this one at loser dot underscore dot. That's Jay, such a cool.
0: What do you do when you don't feel supported? Oof. Um. I have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> I feel like shit. Call your
1: therapist immediately?
0: Uh, yeah. I, I I try to have like a mental toolkit of like, when's the last time I wrote in my journal? Mm-hmm. When's the last time I went outside for an extended period of time? Mm-hmm. When's the last time I connected with my the people closest to me in my life?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and generally, if I'm not feeling good, I haven't done one of those things. Um, so I try to reconnect with those things, um, and I tr- like I am supported, and you are supported. Mm-hmm. If that's one person in the world, um, and I think another huge part of that that I find when it comes to feeling supported is supporting others. Like if I want that, I have to give that energy to get it back. So I try and check in on someone that I know is on tour that might be going through yeah. right now. I that's try a good point. and like. Ch- check in on on the people that I really love and fuck with and just, like, remind them that I can be a support system. Um, and it's not that I'm doing that to have that exchange, but inevitably those people really do appreciate it. And then they say, what's up with you? And then I can express, I'm kind of going through it right now. Yeah. And then they can remind me that I am not alone because you are not alone. And um, also that's what I'm trying to build in this community. You know, just come, come to... The grandkids come to the XXR Facebook group. I've seen a lot of people do that. Um, Like I'm trying to create those spaces for you to feel that if you need to feel it. But um, that's what I do for myself. Do you have any other?
1: I think that's great. Yeah, I do the same. And I think rituals are important, having things that are just in your life that make you feel safe and comfortable.
0: Hmm. Nyla um, asks, what is a common misconception about the music industry?
1: Oh, I have one. Let's go. You could get the bag. You could get signed, and you could still not blow the fuck up. Yeah. In fact, most people who are signed have a more difficult time right now than the independent artists. I think.
0: Yeah. When do I got feel dropped, like that? I got way more love <laughs> because I, uh, particularly with the streaming services, I do think a big part of it is uh, like artist like discovery and development. There is something cool about like he's done this, this, and that. Oh, and he doesn't have a label. Mm. Versus, like, they know that I have that infrastructure and it's not popping. Right. So I totally understand that. I think another big misconception. Um, I don't know. I'm fucking starving right now. I can't eat anything. <laughs> I'm so hungry. But uh, that's a pretty good. Point. I
1: don't eat till noon. Well, really?
0: Yeah. You should eat before that. You're your fucking. Body's Inter- just eating intermittent. Yourself. Fuck all this intermittent fasting bullshit. I hear everyone doing it. Everyone on tour starving themselves. Stop. Eat a fucking (laughs) avocado. Your brain burns fat. Eat some fat in the morning and then your brain works better. Fucking hungry. (laughs) 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 Uh, Anyways misconception about the music industry. (laughs) I don't even have one. Let's keep it moving. (laughs) Oh. Wow, this is a tough one. And this is good. At long ass lungs. People keep saying to follow your dreams. What do you do if you don't have any? Long ass lungs. That's tough. Um,
1: you do. You do have them. Yeah. You just haven't
0: You either don't discovered them yet. permission.
1: Right. You haven't given yourself permission to find they them. They
0: seem too big or they're too scary.
1: You're discouraged.
0: Maybe you don't. Maybe you genuinely don't. And I think the answer is to just keep trying new shit because something will invoke a sense of passion or excitement. And then you just have to just wholeheartedly commit yourself to that thing. But
1: Motivation comes from the action. Mm. You know, like totally. you don't know that you like painting until you pick up that brush. Ooh. And then you're like, oh, shit, this is my favorite thing. So just try a
0: bunch of shit. I think yeah, you're right. You just have to do shit. It's so tough, though. Like, you know, what I think one of the hardest ones in and actually doesn't have a microphone, but I want to talk to you about this. So many people, their passion is photography. That shit is so hard. Mm. There are so many photographers. Everyone fucks you guys over. (laughs) It's so hard. When I have some kid be like, I just want to be a touring photographer. I'm like, wow. That is, of all the roles in the music industry, that's the one I'm probably the least envious of.
1: Next week on XXY, we'll sit down
0: with (laughs) (laughs) photographers. No,
1: yeah. it's also like...
0: I don't know if they're going to be able to hear you. Maybe shout. <laughs>
1: um, no, I just think... I think there's a... I don't want to say it's like um, there's unrealistic passions. But I think when you're creative, you have to you have to find your... like As a photographer, you have to find that part of photography that you're really right. good at.
0: Like in your niche. Yeah, find
1: your And you niche. can
0: expand from there, but have a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Same as what I was saying earlier with music. You got to get your foot in the door, I guess. Be specific. Let's find one last mm-hmm. one of these questions, because I actually think they're good. Um, I love this one, because it makes me feel good. Dales Bailey says, how do you know when you've found your purpose? Like, I, yeah, you just... For me, it's actually really funny because it's – I think that – I don't know. I've met a lot of people that don't relate to this. When I get an an idea that I'm excited about or when I get something that I think is purpose, it's an incredibly restless sensation. Like I don't feel this like bubble bath like, ah, I found my calling. I feel really like like I can't stop thinking about it and I get obsessive. I get very obsessive about it. Like I can have other relationships – I can like leave a session and go sit with friends. But in the back of my mind, it's like right there, the lyric I didn't finish or Mm. I I work from a a place of urgency and I've had a lot of recurring like anxiety dreams where there is shit in my mouth that I can't get out. Wow. Like literally like a hundred pieces of chewing gum and I'm in front of somebody that I knew in high school and we're catching up and I want to talk, but I have something in my mouth. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure it out. Um, And I think it has to do with – I just – I know that I've found my purpose when I'm terrified at the like prospect of it not being fulfilled I guess. Yeah. That's what I think is like my calling. So it's not a great feeling all the time like especially if I don't feel that I did that thing justice. Mm. Sometimes I do listen to the final mix down and I'm on tour and I approve something too quickly and then it comes out and I wish I could have done something differently. That's not a good feeling. I feel like shit. I feel like I I left something on the table. Um but still that is the emotion that I most immediately gravitate to when I reflect on finding my purpose. It's this like I got to get this right fucking now. I got to yeah. go do it. Yeah. I, I agree.
1: Restless. Keeps me up at night. Can't stop thinking about it. It's exciting. It almost feels like the night before your birthday. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah, but then I start feeling bad because some people don't feel that. And some people are looking for that and can't find it. But you can't feel bad. Why do you feel bad about that? I'm just so sad because I'm just so lucky to have that thing. Let alone, like, so many musicians I talk to. Like, yeah, I I too had a mother that played piano and a father that was, in, you know, that always built a little studio in our house. Mm -hmm. And when I was a kid, I would walk downstairs and there was all this equipment. That I wasn't allowed to touch. My dad had, like, a nice printer because he was working for an architecture firm for a little bit, and he was, had to print out these, like, Aww. schematics and like, <laughs> this idea of, like, don't touch that. Right. But it was next to the piano. Yeah. I think as a child, I always, like, there was reverence for these things. Right. I feel just really, like, f- fortunate. There are times where I do feel a little guilty that it's just been right there and that I have this, not only do I have a clear sense of my why, but that I have a genetic predisposition towards being good at it. Wow, because a lot of people like if my thing was basketball, and I just really wanted to dunk a basketball, right? Which I do. I love basketball. I can't though, right? Um, so I feel really lucky. For hmm. uh, anyways, what else? What else do you want to talk about? We've talked about advice. We've talked about purpose. We've talked about family to some extent. Um, we've talked about women in music and mentorship, identity in music. Uh, I want to talk, I guess, a little bit now we can segue into um, – we've teamed up with an organization called Headcount. Cool. In um, getting kids registered to vote. Uh, and I've been kind of conflicted about about the political process right now because I've been feeling a little just frustrated and fed up. But that's okay. I'm mm. still going to exercise my right to vote. I'm still going to do anything I can to get um, this – racist, misogynistic um, human being. I think
1: I was going to say something really inappropriate. Let's go. Corona, dude, might just take care of the job for you.
0: In in eliminating the president of the United States, is that what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't fucking know. (laughs) I don't fucking know. I don't want to wait for that because I don't know. I don't know what to think. Anyways... (laughs) I do want you to give a shit about politics and be excited. I think a huge part of politics also, like, my favorite politicians, um, like, I really, I've I've always really admired the integrity and the consistency of Bernie Sanders. I also admire that he's lost a bunch of elections. Elizabeth Warren lost Mm. a bunch of elections. Like, I think a lot of...
1: Gotta fail before... Yeah,
0: part of the political process is also getting all excited and canvassing for a candidate that doesn't win. And I think that in this Democratic primary, I think certain people... Um, That we're passionate, especially young people that would watch something like this, Mm -hmm. might feel like, what the fuck is the point? Yeah. There is a point because one candidate believes in climate change. Right. One candidate believes in funding the arts to some degree versus the other one. It's not like – I think that there are these clear differences that is really important now more than ever to have a voice and to find ways to – I
1: have a question. Yeah, what's up? Are you an American citizen? I am. Okay. Yeah, totally. I was always like not unsure I was born not in sure. New
0: Jersey. And then I grew oh, up in Toronto. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I went to okay, high okay. in Toronto. And gotcha. Now I've been here in America for six years. Okay. So I think, like, if you were to do a pie chart of my life, I've spent more time. More time in Canada. Okay, okay. But I also, like, came into my adulthood here in America. I moved here when I was 20. Right, right, right. And I'm 26 now. Turning yes. 27 this year. Yes. So I do feel like, yeah, that, yeah. Um, anyways.
1: But you know what? I don't think a lot of people knew that.
0: Now you know. <laughs> Listen how good this guitar sounds right now. Uh, we're going to be giving this thing away to one of you lucky listeners. All you have to do is text VOTERXX to 40649 to sign up for Headcount's election alerts and enter to win this Epiphone guitar. Um, we want to give you uh, your voice back as best we can. I'm doing anything I can. so You're killing it, man. You really are. Let's sign this right now. Okay. Signing it. It's getting done. Bam. It's beautiful. It is beautiful, right? Part of me is like, let's just not give this away and keep it. But I can't do no. that. No. Um, fem. Cool. Where did fem come from?
1: The word ephemeral, which means lasting a short time a hmm. uh, feeling that is short and doesn't stay around a long time.
0: I bet you've never been asked that before. I have. <laughs> People ask me, so where'd the name grandson come from? And I say, where'd your fucking name come from?
1: <laughs> and then I answer. It's a fair question. It's a fair question. And I will
0: be answering it for the rest of my life. Um, wow. I think that's it. Cool. All I- right. I really do admire and respect you. Same. I already said that. Text voter XX to 40649. Wow, okay, registered for headcount election alerts, and entered a win uh, signed Epiphone Guitar from Gibson. Shouts out. I fuck with you. Uh, I fuck thank with you, you for writing You're this song special. with me. Let's talk about this You're song for two guy. seconds. Thank you. Um, that song was our first time ever writing together. Yeah. And it I went
1: love so well.
0: Wow. That's crazy. I I don't think just... We can never write together again.
1: No, nah, we can't.
0: Oh, I did have a thing I wanted to talk about. <gasps> this episode's kind of all over the place. Um, talk I like about, it like that. uh Talk about writing for other artists. I don't What's that like? I
1: don't like doing it as much anymore unless I'm in the room with them and we're like kicking right. it. Um it's cool. I think it makes you a better writer for your own stuff. Where did too? that come from? Um I started doing that like before I even had femme. I was, like, writing for people like G-Eazy and, I don't know, just, I was top-lining in, like, a lot of hip-hop sessions.
0: How did you get in this room?
1: Uh, through friends, mostly, like, word of mouth and a producer named John O'Dore who worked with G-Eazy and some other people. And he just brought me in. Yeah.
0: Just have dope friends and that can happen to you, too. I mean... And be really dope.
1: Like, know what you want in your brain. And then, like, materialize it into reality. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I do a little bit of writing for other artists, and I actually love it. It's fun. I mean, I love it when it goes well. I hate it when it does go well.
1: It's like low pressure, kind of. Yeah, because it's
0: not my shit. It's so fucking exhausting to ask yourself, what do I want to be? Who do I want to represent myself as? And I feel a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. But when it's somebody else's shit... It's fucking great. And it's like, I think when writing music, it's so subjective. It's there's it's hard to really be able to root your sense of like, what is the right idea? If yeah. you go, I would love for the melody to go like this, oh, and somebody else is like, oh, <laughs> there's no right answer. Um, and if you have to make those calls, I get very like like i tired from making those decisions mm-hmm. so when I'm writing for somebody else and they're like I think it should be this I'm like great it's your fucking song so yeah. not my problem well we talked about that <laughs> um, did I have anything else I, I'm gonna go eat some food I'm fucking starving thank do you it. so much for coming and hanging out I love do the it. song that we did let's do some more sometime um, be well be safe keep killing it and you keep killing it I will and thank you for bringing me on tour last
1: year. It was an amazing, so experience, and it was just fun.
0: Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, I, I that was a really interesting tour for me. I learned a lot about myself. I learned mm. a lot about touring. And you came on the, the back half. We were fucking exhausted at that point, but we still no was have great. A lot of fun with it. And then a day after meeting you, I did the whole oh no experiment and had my head. Yeah, that's up right. So I was like just floating, floating around. All right, well, take care. Oh, what you got coming on? What you, tell, tell the people. Oh, I'm This pro- is coming out in April, so.
1: Yeah, what so um, Fertile Tears is happening. It's a project that's going to be coming out or might already have a song out. Probably not, I don't know. Fertile Tears and then another EP later in the year and then a bunch of collabs that will be exciting.
0: Fertile Tears is a baller ass name. Yeah, it is. Let's go cry some Fertile Tears yeah. and eat some breakfast. Okay, peace.
1: <laughs> we did it. Sick.